This episode of Molly's Minutes is sponsored by Depop. Depop is the community marketplace app where creatives come to buy, sell, and discover the most unique items from around the world. For many of us, including myself, fashion is a form of expression, a way to tell a story of who we are, how we're feeling, and what we stand for. Whether you want to shock, inspire, rebel, or just experiment, Depop gives you the space to do just that without breaking the bank or the planet. Download the app for iOS and Android now, or head to depop.com to get started. Human uh, bodily noises. Because yeah. <laughs> people get so like nervous. And sometimes I can see people yeah. holding on to a cough. Aww. And I'm like, just set it free. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. I'm uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Molly's Minutes again. Today, I'm joined by my most academic guest so far. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> uh, Caroline West. Um, so you're a, re- a PhD researcher in porn. Basically, Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. One of the few, in the, one of two in the country. Two so, in the country. Yeah, yeah. and very different um, approaches as well. So, okay, yeah, interesting. Oh my goodness. So, and two months away from finishing. So it's it's stress and panic time in my oh, house. Oh no. But we'll get there. We'll oh get my there. God, you will, you will. And yeah. how did you, that start? Um, so I did um, my master's in sexuality studies, so always interested in how we talk about sex in Ireland and just how messed up we are about talking yeah. about sex. Um, and then I noticed when we were learning about porn and that, so I did it in DCU, which is lovely and progressive and open and it's fabulous. I'm biased, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, when we talked about porn, we didn't actually hear from porn stars themselves. Mm. We heard from white academic women who were campaigning against porn and maybe a token porn performer or two. So it was like generally Annie Sprinkle, who is very privileged. She's awesome. She's amazing. But she's very like New York. She's old school. You know, she was around in the 1980s. So it's not really reflective of what porn is like today Mm. you know and definitely don't mention cam girls or all that kind of you know nuanced stuff as well so I was like that's really interesting and we we talk so much about what porn performers are like what their experiences are and what it's like on set but no one's actually talking to them so this seems kind of odd um so that's essentially how my PhD became part uh, came about because I just said like this is a weird thing that we have all this speculation and no actual research so let's do it and like I also looked at like why we feel the need to talk on behalf of sex workers so much as well and the power dynamics that are in that so it's like multi-level yeah because as soon as I read all the stuff that you've written for like different media Mm. um I was I almost felt like an overwhelming sense of guilt because I was like this is so true that the only people that I've heard from are either negative mm-hmm. um extreme stories yeah or um like campaigners against yeah. uh porn which like I've never felt comfortable with yeah. anyway yeah, but yeah. like it's all you hear so it's ingrained Absolutely. in you Absolutely. and there's a lot of women who are like oh I would never look at porn and it's like because that's all you hear is all the horrendous stories mm. and all oh, the women are all abused and it's all really really violent and it's like well, my position is there's so much porn and mm. you know and there's feminist porn there's queer porn there's ethical porn there's so much porn so if we stopped looking at it like just this one big solid block of the exact same material then you know we could have a happier world maybe Mm. where more people explore and we probably have then better porn as well because the more people that watch it and go 
this isn't good actually like let's make some better porn mm. like I like that approach yeah. So, yeah so how did you carry out your research so I read a lot of horrendous um stuff about like the lives of horn performers um and then I went to the porn awards in Vegas which was no amazing um, oh my god that would yeah. be insane <laughs> so the other PhD people in my classes are always like you went where? Like, and they have like awful research trips to, like, you know, the National Library or something and I'm off in Vegas. Um, so that was really cool. It was like 80,000 men all in like one big convention centre for the week. And then at the end of it were the porn awards. So that's all the trophies given out for like best gangbang and stuff. And I was like, this is just... And did you surreal. go to that actual... Yeah. No way. So I was sitting like right up the back because I was in the cheap seats because <laughs> I couldn't afford them. And you're just like... It was just completely surreal and just it was great to observe, though, like just how the audience was kind of talking about the performers and how the performers were. And it was just it was amazing. So um, I just I mostly just went up to women there and was like, will you talk to me? Mm. <laughs> and here's my position and here's what I'm going to ask and come feel free to talk to me or not. So I got a few, um, who, but some were like, you know, they had a good experience with me and then referred their friends on to me. And okay. So that was kind of nice to yeah. say they trusted me enough to talk so that was kind of lovely so mm. yeah and then exciting. when you were talking to them what was their yeah. stance on how porn was studied so they were kind of yeah had a negative approach to how feminists talked to them and for them and about them as well and they were like well we perfectly capable of talking to ourselves or talking about ourselves um but they were looking at how well my phd looks at as well how this stigma perpetuated so all the things you've heard all those stereotypes and Mm. stuff how that actually impacts their lives so they're viewed as deviant or criminal or I can't hold down a job and like one of my ladies said one of my ladies Mm. um, (laughs) one of my participants said that she got fired from her work in a bar because of her history in porn and it's like so random like yeah and like people were you know um, sending her porn to her family in the post and all this kind of stuff so it's really like a lot of experiences of violence so I looked at like we hear a lot about porn and violence and porn on set and uh, violence on set so I looked at how the women felt violence through the debate so how they were stigmatized and how people were talking over them and you know the ethics of people making money off having a career talking about porn performers but not actually speaking to them like so that's a really interesting kind of debate as well so yeah problematic power and ethics are missing from a lot of porn studies shall we say yeah and I saw something that you said that was like I cannot say this word I just read it and I was like okay epistemological is that did I just say it because I know I know how to say epistemology but I was just like I'm never gonna be able to say that (laughs) just say ev in my head um, epistemological violence okay so that's basically excluding people from the knowledge process so it's like me saying oh no no you don't know anything about making a podcast let me talk for you yeah so it's that kind of thing of like I know more than you know about your life and how that contributes to violence as well so it's when you're only positioning and saying oh you make podcasts like no 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 you only make negative podcasts and that's it and you know I'm going to campaign to get you shut down and I'm going to contact YouTube and get your podcast shut down so it's all those little things but just applied to sex and why do you think that is I think it's ideology as well there are a lot of people who have issues with sex work and that's fair enough you don't have to be in agreement with sex work not everyone has to be you know waving a flag from the rooftop but you have to also be aware that your views contribute to real world violence and stigma um against sex workers as well so um 
you really need to have a sex worker in here to have that conversation mm. and I recommend contacting Sway they're okay. amazing um, but how like even this morning they um, Kate McGrew from Sex Workers Alliance had said she was meant to talk on the media about a press release she wrote about the realities of sex work in Ireland and then they bumped her for a non-sex worker who said sex work is all bad to talk about her yeah so you know you've got all that power dynamics and like the how the media talk about sex as well is really problematic and who they have talking about sex mm. it's just a mess most of the time and it's it's just it's not very ethical you know to do that so and you wouldn't do it in other areas you know you wouldn't necessarily have a maths professor in to talk about building swimming pools or something you know like some random thing so we should treat sex and sex work the same way that you get qualified experienced people in to talk about it yeah which seems kind of basic so it seems basic like you'd think that it would be an objective study um there's no such thing as methodology in research okay there's really not like people think science is neutral and it's really really not like if you look at the terms that were used historically like say around um like forced sterilization was a big thing for a lot of people and the most people that they sterilized were black American women um, and if they had a mental illness or not so, or mel- mental disability or intellectual disability. Sorry, mm. my brain's not working this morning. Um, <laughs> it's still early, by the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so like science is like racist and it's misogynistic and it's classist and all those studies back in the day of like the white explorer going to the natives or the savages. Like that was a word that was used in academia mm. for so long and you're like, now you're like, I hope no one's using that now. But, you know, it, there's still a lot of racial elements. And of course, academia was traditionally privileged white men who are very middle class. So they set the terms of a lot of research as well. So we're still using, as 21st century women, we're using the definition set by men 100 years ago. And it's like, mm, time's kind of moved on. So yeah. we need a lot of new research methods that are feminist or inclusive or very intersectional of like different experiences and lives and abilities and um like how we judge other people as well so like like things like if we judge porn to be degrading it's like well who decides what the word degrading means Mm. who decides that that particular act whatever it is is degrading um who gets to challenge those words as well so it's really interesting to have other people tell you what your experience is yeah and what language to use and you know if you're saying something like oh that's extreme content it's like, well, that's kind of normal content to a lot of people and extreme to other people. And then what do we really mean by extreme? Like, who? what is normal sex? Like, half of us are so messed up because we're trying to figure that out, yeah. you know? And, like, what's the normal amount to have sex? What's the normal weight of sex? What's the normal amount of partners? And it's like, why do, why do we care? Yeah. <laughs> you know, why do we care what your body count is and all the rest and stuff? But there's a lot of people interested in that it is weird like sex is the only topic that I can think of where you you read some an a study by an expert and they use language like degrading like usually if you're if you're reading up on even if it was something like film critique or something you know what I mean it's it's it, the language is so uh, like um, visceral and extreme, and I yes. think maybe it's, maybe it's because they think they're talking about something visceral and extreme. Mm. But it's yeah. it's it's a it's weird like jargon that is used, and that's there's power in that as well because it makes you seem like an expert when you use the fancy words. Yeah, you know? so it makes people want to listen to you more. Um, but I think there's a lot of like a lot of the discourse around porn is very 
repetitive as well so there's things like pounding penises and all this alliteration and mm. you know there's one description of porn being a never-ending universe of distended anuses and semen smeared faces and you're like okay that's quite they obviously watch a lot language. of porn <laughs> yeah. like some of the porn they describe i'm like oh that's just yeah and they describe some porn as really popular and i'm like that had like a hundred hits on you porn six years ago like yeah you could put something on pornhub now and within a couple of hours it'll have seven million hits so what's popular yeah <laughs> you know that's kind of really problematic but there's one lady called um carol queen and she talks about how that kind of approach to sexuality is a form of sexual sexuality in itself so it's a form of sexual obsession when you're so obsessed mm. with what other people are doing and you're only describing it in these horrific shocking kind of terms so like shock value is something humans have used forever you know mm. like look at hollywood movies and all the rest and you know like britney spears coming out in her schoolgirl outfit that's yeah. shock value because it gets people talking about it and stuff um but yeah when you throw sex into the mix it just yeah, it just becomes this kind of toxic obsession for some people um, and there is a thing called erotophobia and erotophilia as well and I definitely think these are present in the porn debate as well and for a lot of people so erotophobia is when you have kind of a fear of sex and you're just you know let's shut it down for everyone so that's it's not to confuse a campaigning against porn is not campaigning against sex and a lot of people think that that is okay but that kind of you can see kind of nuances in that when people are saying, oh, it's featuring anal sex and no woman likes anal sex. And you're like, there is your fear of sex kind of coming into that because a lot of women like and anal sex. And where is the like siding of know? some sort of... Yeah, there's like, what, four million women in the world. Yeah. Like some of them like anal sex. <laughs> yeah. Like it's fine. Um, and then the other one is erotophilia when you're kind of obsessed with sex. And that's what leads you to campaign against sex. So... I could be said to have a bit of a form of that because I'm here on a Tuesday morning like, <laughs> talking about sex to someone I've never met I probably before. do as well because I just keep <laughs> asking know? people to come on and talk about sex. Yeah, so it's kind of a form of it, but that's what yeah. leads people to be like sex educators or to campaign for like better access to HIV medication or so it can be used for good or bad, yeah. you know, and on the bad side, it's used to campaign against people um, owning vibrators or, you know, like masturbation or all these kind of things. So but porn kind of comes into that a little bit so okay. it's a deeper look at the whole like oh if you don't like porn you don't like sex because that I don't think that's fair to people to yeah. say that because like my position on porn is that I'm perfectly fine with the idea of it and the concept of it of you know people having sex for money or not for money on, on screen I'm perfectly fine with that what I do have problems with is how the industry operates from time to time and that's the mainstream industry so how people are treated the kind of content that's produced sometimes but again that's kind of looking at it from a critical perspective so you have yeah. people who are like I'm 100% okay with every kind of porn out there and you have people who say we want to ban porn so I'm kind of in the middle-ish of yeah. all that kind of mix of it as well. But the thing yeah. is, is with banning porn, it's just never going to happen. Never works. Banning anything doesn't work. Banning it's alcohol Banning work, anything drugs. to do with sex. Yeah, it doesn't is, work. But then you also have to think of like, well, what kind of porn are they talking about? Are they talking about gay male porn? Are they talking about trans porn? Are they talking about queer porn? Like, what is it? And do you also want to ban all porn forever or do you want to ban the kind of content that's produced by some of the mainstream industry people so okay. it's like what are they actually even talking about when it comes to that so yeah there are some people who literally would like we should never depict people having sex on screen 
ever no matter if it's feminist no matter if it's anything and there's some people that say you can't have feminist porn as well so that's a whole other argument on okay. top. so porn studies is basically a lot of arguments yeah um, and that will pretty much never end they've been going on since the 70s no like, it'll never it's not end going anywhere because it's so fundamental you either like it or you don't or you you know you hate it or you love it or you're mm. critical of it so yeah it's a mess and is there a lot because it's only been around since the 70s you're yeah. saying people actually researching it so it's fairly new it's fairly new in the context of other ac- academic areas and stuff so porn studies as such really only got going really into the 80s kind of thing so it's very new but it's just a really poor area of research a lot of the studies are like really small so like say mine is only nine women but I'm not claiming to speak on behalf of all women in porn Mm. like I'm just saying here are these nine people's experiences so it's really problematic if I was like this is the truth about working in porn like that's a problem um other ones are like they will they will take like maybe 20 white kids into a room and then be like show them porn and then if they have negative experiences or negative viewpoints they're like see all boys speak like this about porn and you're like well no that's really problematic you're not taking race into account you're not taking their family history into account are they growing up in abusive households where mm-hmm. like the only images of women they see are abusive ones you know or like what their religious values are all those kind of things and it's just it's really problematic it's getting better though we can kind of start getting reliable research around porn kind of coming through but we have people who aren't neuroscientists as well talking about effects on the brain yeah Yeah. and you're like that's you wouldn't have anyone else you wouldn't have again an engineer talking about like this psychology of trauma on the brain yeah so it's just people not staying in their lanes when it comes to porn research yeah because i i read one thing that you said and it was that like mainstream media's representation of porn um is very Mm. like anecdotal yes which is definitely where i have growing up apart from porn itself like seen porn yeah like seen porn like whether it be on the news or in Mm -hmm. like some sort of prime time type thing where i mean it's tv or it's radio and obviously they're going to focus on the bads for for obvious reasons but um that is probably a very big problem in terms of research absolutely and anecdotes aren't science we don't take it in any other field but because it's porn research we're like oh we'll just leave that it's too squicky like let's kind of yeah. leave that aside and it's just it's just not like you can't say well these five women anonymously told me but i can't prove it and i can't let you see the proof or you know that's that's not science and that's mm. not good enough for something that's as important a field as anything to do with sex well, important mm. to me because yeah. I'm slightly obsessed <laughs> um, but yeah it's just it's just not you know and then like for all the claims that are made about sex workers it's fascinating that there isn't more research done to either back up those claims or to disprove them well, there is a bit to disprove them but like the people who've been campaigning since the 80s to ban porn and who've made so many claims about women in porn they're not conducting research, like mm. large scale research on women in porn to prove their point. And it's like, that's really interesting of like, how how can you carry on and just kind of think that you're the appointed voice for people and you won't even talk to them yourself. Yeah. So there's a lot of power dynamics going on in that. It's really problematic. And the women in porn that you talked to, had they ever been like, interviewed before or um a couple of them had yeah some of them were proper pros at interviewing they were really you know really experienced um one was really 
an interesting experience. So she came, I was interviewing her friend and um, she came up to me and her friend, I'd, I think I'd contacted her on Twitter first because mm-hmm. I, I sent off a few messages on Twitter. I was like, I'm going to be here. Do you want to talk to me? Um, and then so she was one that said yes. And her friend kind of came marching up to me and she's like, where are you from? What what are you going to ask her? Like, you know, what's your perspective? And just really kind of like interrogate me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is brilliant. Like, yes, you should ask these questions. And she said, um, so I explained everything and explained my viewpoint and, and the questions. And she said, OK, that's good. Because the other day someone had come up to her and midway through the interview, she thought it was just a general interview, like tapped her on the arm and was like, I hope you learn to love yourself one day. And then just walked off on her. And she's just stunned and just like I just think that's such an act of violence to do that to someone and make all those assumptions and Jesus Christ what that would like do that. to you yeah and it's also her place of work you know yeah. she has to go hustle for gigs and everything else and now she's all of a sudden really upset about what an asshole you are to her like, yeah that's yeah that's it's horrendous like so that person had <coughs> had a lot of issues around their own experiences in porn and a lot of projection yeah and drug use and everything else but yeah problematic yeah because you were saying as well even for yourself that sometimes you're giving um presentations or Mm. you know you're talking to someone about it and they're saying but no one woman would want to do this yeah i had that experience in was it cork no waterford and I presented with a group of amazing women. There's so many amazing women doing great stuff in sex in Ireland. And our whole point was that we need to have nuanced conversations rather than like all sex is one thing or all porn is the other thing. Can mm. we get into the nitty gritty things of it and just have calm conversations? That's my whole thing of like, let's stop with this sensationalism and the the assumptions and the whole like you know, everyone does X, Y, Z stuff. And then she came up to me afterwards. She's like, no, I don't believe it. I don't believe the women that you talked to consented. And I don't believe any woman would work in porn ever unless they were forced to. And I'm like, you don't know the women I talked to. Like, one yeah, of them has a PhD. how do you even just go up to someone and say that? I know, and she was just no convincing her at all. And I had to, I had to walk away because I was like, I'm actually just going to get really angry with you now. But it was literally just, no, no, no. No, like to everything that I said. And I was like, they have a lot of agency. Like one of them had a PhD in human sexuality. Mm. And I was like, I think, you know, and that's not to say academic experience means more agency or consent than someone who doesn't have that. But, you know, she just, none of it. She just, no, 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 no. So that's really like prioritizing your own emotional knowledge over the reality of other people's experiences so yeah. that whole like i know this isn't true it's not knowledge it's just your own personal biases and experiences yeah and that's that's an example of someone who would probably do research that would probably say all porn is bad mm. because they're using those definitions and feelings and they'll find people to confirm those biases yeah well. so yeah science isn't great and <laughs> why do you think that that's um coming from a a largely feminist Mm. perspective I think it goes back again to the 80s well before your time (laughs) so it's so the whole thing started was we had consciousness raising um, workshops and events so that was in generally the coasts of America Um, and they were around 1980s so they were women finally getting together and kind of saying hang on a sec 
domestic violence exists, rape and marriage exists, rape exists, all these kind of things and how the media were portraying violence against women was really problematic at the time. You know, it was kind of viewed as, oh, women like this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, or they uh, need it. Yeah, yeah, or they get off on it, that's fine. And a lot of the porn industry at the time wasn't great you mm. know it was very sketchy it was kind i just of have not the deuce in my head yeah so it was around that time okay you know? yeah um and linda lovelace came forward with her claim so she'd been like the porn star before yeah. that she was like the world's first <gasps> oh my god i've watched the movie about her the oh biopic yeah. is the, that how you say it yeah, yeah. amanda siegfried or yeah, something whatever yeah. her name is um so yeah, so she had proclaimed she loved porn and it was great. And then all of a sudden she's like, no, actually I was forced to do that by my husband and I didn't consent to it. So she kind of mobilized feminists into kind of saying, this is bad, we need to shut the industry down. So mm-hmm. neglecting to mention it was her husband that forced her, not the industry as such. So yeah. her husband was an awful piece of trash, yeah. basically. Um, so a lot of feminists then were like, okay, we need to mobilize against porn. Porn is the root of all the problems. There's the phrase, um, porn is the theory, rape is the practice. So that came about then of saying anyone who watches porn is basically going to turn out to be a rapist. And it's the it's a contribution to rape culture, all these kind of like, really fiery, angry theories mm. coming out at the time. And of course, women were angry because it's the first time they were getting a national platform to kind of talk about all these issues. And yeah. Rightly so, you know, that like, of course, you'd be angry about a lot of it. Um, But on the same time, then other feminists were saying, well, hang on a sec. How do we how do we as women find pleasure under patriarchy? Um, and how because there are a lot of theorists like um, Andrea Dworkin at the time was saying sex with a man is like being invaded by an occupying army and how can we ever be whole when we're physically split in half and it's like okay how do you okay how do you find pleasure then in heterosexual penetrative sex yeah. um, and Sheila Jeffries who said if you have an orgasm with a man you're colluding with the patriarchy in your own oppression so it was like Okay. But then you're yeah, how then do you have an orgasm with a man or do you have an orgasm with a man? Like without how does oppressing that work? yourself. Yeah. And you're like suppressing your sexuality. It's so yeah, and like some some feminists then were like, No, we're not buying into that at all. You know, we believe you can find pleasure under patriarchy in porn through sadomasochism as well. So those feminists were again were saying if you use strap ons, you're again just replicating male violence against women. So Shauna wouldn't be selling any strap ons. Um and the other one were like, of course, you can use a strap on. It's consent, it's pleasure, all those kind of things. So then they kind of started separating then of just this side was kind of more sex is all about danger. And this side was like, it is, but it's also about pleasure and other things as well. So it kind of stems from all that as well. And of course, if your only exposure to sexuality is true negative terms and so many women have been sexually abused you know you throw a stone and you hit a woman who's been sexually abused mm. um and you know we live in a very patriarchal world we have you know the me too movement is only touching the surface of all the experiences of women so when you have really negative porn and, and violent porn and thrown into that of course mm. it's this awful toxic mix yeah. but then when but when you're told all porn is violent you're not going to look you're not going to want to look at it Mm. because why would you want to see horrendous stuff but if you kind of delve into that and you can see there's so much like lovely content out there that's would be feminist that's very reflective of different body types different sexualities different genders abilities ages without it being fetishized or unequal Mm. um it just creates kind of a healthier society when we kind of we can look at those kind of nuances as well and 
especially like younger feminists coming up now I think that can benefit from the internet you mm. know and, and social media and kind of the exploration of like knowing this stuff is out there because mm. a lot of people come up to me and they're like oh like should I feel guilty about watching porn and all this and I'm like well like I don't know I'm not the expert on yeah I'm not the arbitrator of what you can and cannot watch but you know I think there's good stuff out there, mm. objective, not subjectively speaking. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's a mess. It's, yeah. And it's very hard to make sense of it and to kind of, like, I'm five years into this PhD and it's still confusing. <laughs> so, you know, I can only imagine if you're, you know, like a teenager trying to figure out what porn is. It's yeah. just, and especially if the only stuff you're watching is Pornhub stuff. Yeah. Which, isn't great yeah so yeah we're gonna take a quick break because my camera's just gone off and i didn't want to interrupt you and then we're gonna come back yeah sorry i'm just gonna get straight back into it and that's something that i would definitely feel and i I was actually asking shauna because how i would have learned and how i know Mm. a lot of my um friends from school who probably will hate me for saying that because I'm just like out of them would have learned about sex or like how to do certain things would have been through like place like Pornhub. Yeah. So that's how we were like learn. First of all, no one my age, a lot, well, not not no one, a lot of people in my experience uh, of talking about sex my age, I think older people think we that's all we talk about. Yeah. No one speaks about it. Yeah. It's weird. It's really sad, you know, because it's just, it's meant to be fun. And yeah. It's meant to be pleasurable and... Or unless it's like performed, you know, it's like, oh, I had sex with all these people or I yeah. did this. And it's like, not that's not really authentic, you know, as yeah. well. But it's really problematic because you shouldn't be getting sex ed from porn because it's not sex education. You know, it's like getting driver's ed from Fast or Furious. Yeah, or, that's what Sean was saying. Like, it's like the Olympics. Yeah, of, yeah. like the, a lot of poor performers, like they're athletes. Like mm. there's a lot of training and prep and everything else that goes into it. And it's not necessarily sex that... Um, they would do in their own lives per se it's a job for them you know mm. Um, but then that issue always comes back to having decent sex education where we can tell people porn isn't real like let's have like healthier conversations about sex that involve consent and pleasure and all those things and we're just lacking that so of course people go to porn and mm. um, it's just it's just not good enough like yeah. I think we really fail kids by not having good sex ed and we fail adults still like I still get a lot of people who maybe might be like 30 40 50 and they'll come up to me and be like you know I have I have this thing what would you think about this and I'm like okay turning into your your sex counselor yeah. <laughs> like in the pub mm. um but it's like there is a need to talk about this stuff in Ireland and there is that assumption that like oh we're so repressed we don't talk about it but like we do there is a hunger and a thirst and a desire to have quality information so that we can go off and make our choices as well like I think sex ed in schools focuses on STIs and the horrors and the dangers and I don't even know all the rest. Like, I think we got a little bit on STIs I went to yeah. a very progressive school but still it got a little yeah. bit of on STIs but mostly it was just how not to get pregnant which is obviously yeah. completely heteronormative but and nothing about it's like so reductive. Yeah, like, and nothing about female pleasure. Yeah, always just male pleasure. Like just, the clitoris exists. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. I think actually but, one time, and it was a teacher. We're like, we actually had like yeah. the kind of coolest teachers in the school teach us cool. to it. Yeah. In like fifth and sixth year, but when we were in about third year, the people in my yeah. class, like my form, yeah. um, got it from our form teacher, who I hope doesn't like hear this description, <laughs> but like she was, she wasn't like the person you would think would be yeah. the one to okay. go and say clitoris. Wow. No one even knew. I like 
genuinely I'd say yeah. I knew what a clitoris was the first time last year yeah. like genuinely like no clue not a clue it's just it's depressing like it's the only body part that exists solely just for pleasure like it's not reproductive or anything yeah. it's just pleasure and it's like why are we celebrating this you know it's just yeah it's depressing it's mad but like everywhere in in the world that they've done studies where they said everyone has decent access to good sex education they've lower rates of teenage pregnancy lower rates of stis they've better understands of consent and they have sex at a later age and it's not porn isn't this like taboo kind of thing like they're not really bothered they're like yeah that's one thing this Mm. is real sex on the other hand so the issue always comes back to decent sex education yeah so like we have a long way to go but hopefully you know we'll get there but yeah it's it's bigger conversations about what pleasure is you know and sometimes pleasure is messy and dark and deviant and dirty and all those kind of kind of things um and that's okay you know like fantasy doesn't have to be pc and we don't have to have rose petals and westlife on in the radio and stuff it can be you know bdsm or it can be all this stuff that might squick a lot of people out but might be the best thing in the world to other people Mm. and it's like we don't necessarily have the bravery to explore ourselves as much if we're just stunted by poor sex ed and bad porn as yeah. our guides because it's just not great and yeah. you know it's it would be lovely if we had a world where you could actually have honest healthy conversations with your friends about what sex is and and what what sex looks like for them and when it because that helps like when it goes wrong as well yeah. that we can have a support network and you know a better understanding of, of sexual consent in society because that's mm. still sorely lacking yeah but, yeah so what is there any like ethical like how would you go searching for ethical porn or Mm. good porn per se well good porn now just to put that disclaimer in is that's my subjective thing yeah 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 no i that's why yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um because yeah it's my my opinion kind of thing um i would look for like feminist porn there's also like there's an amazing company in uh, san francisco called crash pad series and they make amazing content with queer people feminists and again it's all like if you go to the list of other performers there's just such diversity there and it's people who aren't fetishized you know and there's no words like interracial and stuff and Mm. or just even worse variations of that they're just people and you know you're they're not categorized by skin color or ability and all this stuff so it's lovely to see that and there's they also feature um they have some storylines and some not storylines but then they also feature things like someone getting their dental dam out and it's like like we barely even sell dental dams in Ireland so to see it on a screen is just amazing and to have it be like oh this is great you know like I'll get it out and like normalize those kind of conversations because a lot of mainstream porn there's either no condoms because the testing system that they use Mm. or else the condom just kind of magically appears yeah it's 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 like edited in yeah yeah and you're like oh wait when did that happen and so there's no conversations Mm. about making contraception sexy you know it's yeah. just it's either there or it's not kind of thing um but there's so much it's worldwide like uh, there's like sarah stardust in australia makes really cool stuff um berlin has just like a supermarket full of uh, like awesome porn they have mm. a porn film festival um that i went to as well and that's just incredible oh my god unbelievable I I, my research trips are amazing <laughs> <laughs> but that was amazing because like there's so much content that i'd be like I don't know if I would have called that porn. I would have called that like a romantic love story. Mm. But yeah, that's the thing of like, what do we call porn, mm. you know, and what's good or bad and all the rest of it and stuff. Um, 
the UK has some great stuff like Pandora Blake makes like really consensual um kind of BDSM kind of more spanking kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but there's just so much just nothing Irish really as such but um yeah there's no real Irish porn being made is no, there no there was there was two porn films made in Ireland officially of course there's like there's there's loads of cam girls and sugar yeah. daddies and oh yeah, yeah yeah and stuff yeah. Um, and but, only fans and things oh, like that yeah, yeah. it's massive here. yeah like, yeah it's really big pay those college bills yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> that out. um but there's one and they're just they're really bad it's one called fucked in ireland um okay. and that was um tanya tate liverpudlian lady and she came over met irish guys and had sex oh my god caravan. oh my god was this yeah. have you listened to blind boys podcast with um uh, Connor. Yeah, yeah. I'm he, like, I'm halfway through. I'm oh like, my I god! He started. He's. Yeah. I think he's talking about that. Um, yeah. lady and that during it when she had sex with one of the guys like down in Kerry or somewhere yeah. she says like oh you're so big or something he's like oh I'm not I'm not I'm not it's very Irish <laughs> like she's one of them bought her a box of chocolates and you're like oh <laughs> like, that's so sweet um, but yeah there's loads of stereotypes and like the flag is blown in the wind and there's tiddly eye music and she mentions Irish meat and Irish sausages that's quite pretty. a lot um, and then the other one is Oh, what's the name? Is this gave me? Um, oh my gosh, I can't think. Of, I can picture the cover. Um, <laughs> there's a girl from Finglas in it called Era. Oh, jeez, that's totally gone out of my head now. But they basically, it's again, it's it's British people coming over. Um, and they go on a road trip up to Donegal which is like the wettest coldest place in Ireland um, and then I just basically rent out a house for the weekend and yeah. film it there um, oh my god I don't know why that has escaped me at the moment and I like I can even picture the house like there's loads of pine furniture <laughs> in the house um, it's just yeah it's gone from my head but it'll, it'll come back it's very interesting actually that there's not that much because it's now that I think about it like I'm I'm actually doing a podcast um with yeah. I have someone who by default um has yeah. an OnlyFans account we didn't talk about that but oh, cool. and then I'm doing another OnlyFans podcast yeah, brilliant. um but yeah. that is super popular like so many girls I know are making insane money off that yeah but actual porn like I don't go for it yeah, yeah but that's the thing sex work is so nuanced you know there's so many different types and what is porn loads of people would yeah. call that porn like and that like I remember someone asked me that question of like is that porn and I was like I don't know because like who am I to say something is definitely porn or yeah. not or is it porn or is it erotica or is it sex work in a different form and it's like why are we so obsessed it's just sex work it's fine yeah but there are some people who are like oh I will do this but I will never do that yeah and it's understanding that there's so many different types of sex work rather than saying all sex work is xyz mm. you know because it's different working conditions and different experiences different people doing different things you know like the chemsex kind of feel is generally like gay men and a lot of like gay migrant men so it's a completely different experience to you know a white Irish woman in university mm. you know doing only ca- only fans and stuff so they're all completely different experiences but we don't hear all those nuances if we just say all sex work is bad yeah you know because then you then you never get to hear all the kind of nuances of mm. it and stuff so that's why it's important to listen to sex workers yeah and not make assumptions i i read something in one of uh, the pieces you wrote about Mm. the term sex work Mm. um do you want to explain that to me i'm not going to try yeah um i'll I'll squish it um so in the um late 
1980s, there's a lady called Carol Lee and she was a sex worker. So she went to a conference and said it was a feminist conference. It was one of the first ones around feminism and porn and what are we going to do kind of thing. And she went to um, a panel and it was called it was about the sex use industry. And she was like, well, that doesn't really reflect my experiences mm. as a sex worker. So as a prostitute was the term she was using. Some people have issues with that term. Um, and so she suggested, can we make it the sex work industry instead? Because then that focuses on the labor of the person providing the service as opposed to the person benefiting from the service. Yes, yeah. use is a very strange word. It's very, yeah, it's very loaded with an assumption as yeah. well. Um, and work is a word that kind of not legitimizes as such but kind of lends it a certain term as as like this is what I'm doing for money and mm. for survival basically so that came out of that the whole sex work as a concept thing so you have people now that will use sex work and sex worker and they say that reflects their agency it reflects the multitude of sex work because it porn performer is obviously a porn performer cam girl is obviously a cam girl but if you use the term um sex work it, it kind of encompasses all of that as well so it's more inclusive term um like a lot of people um uh, you know prefer that and then it, it distinguishes people from trafficked people as well so people who are forced into the industry yeah. without consent um that's actually a really good point term. i'd never thought yeah. about that so within it, does, that term. it allows for like all those possibilities to exist at the same time then on the other hand you have people who say sex work is not work um because it's not a job as such um and it is not a legitimate term so they will say that um the term the correct term is prostituted woman and it's generally a woman because that's all the discourse kind of focuses on so but the term prostituted woman is something that's done to the woman it's not so it reflects it's not her choice to be there this is something that she has to endure or you know something negative like that so that's and that's one thing and then some people say prostitute is a slur because it's you know it's a very loaded term mm. with a lot of you know assumptions kind of in it as well so you have those kind of competing battles like say in ireland we have the sex workers alliance so there it's obviously in their title and then on the other hand you've organizations that work with prostituted or trafficked women mm. they don't work with sex workers so you have all those kind of political and you know assumptions that are that are in those two terms and very different ones but you know some people would say oh sex work doesn't recognize people are trafficked and it's like well of course it does because the clue is in the name like it's not yeah you know you're not trafficked into that kind of thing so it's kind of there's a lot of politics about not letting people name themselves and to say as an outsider as well to say I'm not going to allow you to name yourself. Like, mm. So that's a really powerful position to have. And then I'm going to make money off not allowing you to name yourself is really problematic ethically. Um, and to tell women, like other women, to tell other women what they can and cannot call themselves as well. It's really problematic in some feminist you know ideology because it just doesn't make sense you yeah know, and that's what i've always had an issue with this okay yeah. i even had a debate like everyone in my whatsapp group will remember this the great kim kardashian oh, debate when okay. we were in about fifth year yeah someone was like someone someone like put in a photo of her and was like she's just brought fem- feminism back to 500 years or something oh yeah i was yeah. like what kind of statement is that if like like whatever about Kim Kardashian but like someone's putting up a picture of like a little bit of nudity yeah how is that I just, 
I don't I, yeah. that's never been my position yeah. so I, but it's it's so black and white it's like you're either a good woman or you're a bad woman yeah you know, or you're a good feminist or you're not a feminist but the same person know? could put up a different picture and if they don't have her type of like it's different nudity is yeah. seen differently as well like She's some people curves. yeah people like yeah. sexualize her and yeah. then they have a problem with her yeah. and then someone else will put up a picture like that maybe has a more body positive caption or something yeah, and people yeah. will say like the same person yeah even if it was like two completely unedited photos it makes it's it so confuses political. me yeah. so much but also there's so many different types of feminism like yeah. we don't all have to agree with each other we're not women aren't all the same so yeah. therefore our feminist beliefs aren't all the same and we need to stop trying to make it one singular approach because yeah. women have completely different lives and stuff so you know and it's that what's that expression nudity empowers some women and it's not your place what is it nudity empowers some women and degrades other women and it's not your place to tell a woman which is which yeah. something something yeah I just absolutely that, yeah and it's like it, it does empower some women and some women are like this is my body and i'm proud of it and others are like that you need to hide that and and save that for yourself so it's completely different approaches and we're still stuck on like good women versus bad women kind mm. of thing and that's gone on in history ever since so some people are like if you're getting naked like kim kardashian is an agent of the patriarchy according to what's her, the lady um jamelia jamel oh um, yeah and yeah because she's gone off and are selling the teas that give you diarrhea yeah oh stuff. obviously so problematic. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to say that about a woman who's you know they can be held up as as absolute feminist women and they can be held up as absolute agents of the patriarchy it just depends on your own viewpoint of it's it. so emotional so, isn't it yeah because there are some people as well who say you can't be an individual like that because every act you do gets applied to all women so if you do work in porn that's given off the impression oh all women are up for sex and all the rest of it so like people like kim kardashian oh all women want to get naked and all they want is their money and you know marry their rich man and all the rest of it um and it's like but since when would be like a man be a representation of every man exactly like it's just uh, it's really simplistic very like reductive how do you ever live your life how do you how do you be an individual yeah every act you do as a woman is scrutinized for the good of all yeah and in theory not even in like actual like yeah methodology oh if you could just go around and circle like <laughs> i have these conversations all the time yeah. this is the type of question like at, at an after party this is the yeah. type of thing i bring up yeah. you're, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you're like what is going on <laughs> so i went to a conference before and there's someone who was doing a presentation on the feminisms of kim kardashian and emma watson people use Potter. her so she was much. the good one yeah it's, it's that's but very that's, racial as well of like like black women and mixed race women have always been over sexualized in society yeah. and the the white woman is like the pure woman and it's like that's discourse still happens a lot of the time today so but yeah it, yeah oh <laughs> yeah no that that's the type, type of thing that i have discussions around all the time because i see that mm. on like i'll be following like someone who's like a really like progressive mm. say liberal type and then they they'll like tweet something like that and i just like i it just in my head yeah. I never tweet I just I never get a Twitter article it's like I have to like I put I put down my phone put like a 15 minute like timer yeah, on and I'm yeah, just like yeah. can't it's not worth it but it is it's it's so confusing and I'm I'm really 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 happy to have had you on because I I really want to delve deeper 
as a young woman yeah. into sexuality, unconventional relationships, all that. Because Brilliant. I think it's really important in obviously Ireland, especially to have um, as many female voices represented yeah. and a mixture as well yeah and hopefully more diverse voices yeah. you know are allowed and permitted and encouraged and all mm. the rest to, to come to the front yeah and, and have that visibility as well because again like all white women speaking for all women is really problematic yeah. as well and there are people in ireland doing this great work and it's just a case of like let's expand that discourse rather than like letting the nuns control it because yeah. we had a lot of that yeah <laughs> you know? let's not go back to those times absolutely so. absolutely i'm gonna get a list of names after this but thank yeah, you so much no, i'm just gonna me. do my little thank you to the sponsor that i have which is depop because Brilliant. they don't even ask who i have on it they're just like literally the most encouraging company they'll just be like yeah sure yeah. like whatever you want I'm like is it okay if I talk about porn and vibrators they're like yep like they're literally a clothing app <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah That's you want. yeah so yeah. thank you so much and um download download the app on iOS or Android um or go to depop.com to get started also normally I have some way I can tie this in but that way I just couldn't so there you go <laughs> <Smooth>. <laughs> thank you <laughs> bye-bye. bye bye <laughs>